hello and welcome back to the Strong and Beautiful show. I am so, so happy that you are here and I'm very honored that you decided to hit play today and listen to what we have to say. Uh, This is Katie Muller and I'm the host and the creator of the show and my entire goal of this podcast is to just cut the crap of the fitness industry and bring some truth and some light into something that appears to only bring you down. I want you to walk away feeling empowered with the knowledge of how truly strong and how truly beautiful you really are because you are so much more capable than you think. In today's show, we're chatting with Laureen, who has gone from bodybuilder, turned runner, turned body lover, turned fitness and health coach, who now just shares her love for movement and honoring our bodies with what it needs uh, with women all around the world. She has been through the darkest times, and her biggest mission right now, now that she has come out on that other side victorious, is to just share with you that fitness doesn't have to be hard. You don't need to meet society's expectations and you just need to learn to listen to your body. So let's dive in. Let's hear some more about her story and how she got to where she is now. All right, Lorraine, (laughs) thank you for joining us on the Strong and Beautiful show. I'm so happy to have you. Lorraine went from being a bodybuilder to now an anti-dieter strength coach, which I think is super cool. But before we actually dive into everything, I'm just going to get you to, I guess, one, say who you are, (laughs) introduce yourself a little bit, give us a little bit of a background. Um, And then number two, this is a new thing that I'm starting. I'm going to ask everyone, what is your absolute favorite food? So who are you and what is your favorite food? All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me on here. First of all, super excited to do uh, this episode with you. Um, So everyone that's listening, uh, my name's Lauren. I'm a woman's anti-diet strength coach, and I help women ditch the body shame and build strong curves without diet rules or restrictions. So I'm a former national ranked figure competitor. Um, I have an honors degree in fitness and lifestyle management. I'm a certified nutrition coach, and I've personally overcome body dysmorphia and binge eating disorder myself. So the women that I help have been going off and on diets for the majority of their lives, uh, some as young as at the age of eight, if I'm, if I'm being honest. So um, some have overcome or are currently in therapy for eating disorders, but most just have really disordered eating and exercise backgrounds. Um, these women kind of have just reached a point in their lives where enough is enough is enough, you know, like they've spent their whole entire lives hating themselves, hating their body. And they no longer want to be chained down by like all the diet rules, all the restrictions Mm -hmm. and kind of the shame that comes along with being stuck in diet culture. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And I think that's so, so prevalent right now. Um, just with, I think it's always been an issue, but recently with the rise of social media, um, I think that's a big, big topic and it does start so young. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then what is your favorite food? All right. Favorite food (laughs) is, yeah, is Korean short ribs. Oh, okay. Cool. Is that like, has that been a long time favorite? I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Asian food, any, any Asian food. Um, but, uh, I love going to Korean barbecue. Have you ever been? 
Uh, I don't think I have actually, no. No. Okay. So it's a super cool place. Obviously it's not open right now because COVID sucks. Um, <laughs> but, but basically you go to a Korean restaurant that you have like your own little like cooking barbecue in the middle of your table. Oh, okay. And yeah. then you get like all these different sides and then you cook your food yourself on the, on the little barbecue. And right. it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Some people say, well, why are you going to a restaurant if you have to cook your food yourself? <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's fun. The food tastes great, you know? Um, and, and yeah. Hey, so it's like an event and a meal all in one. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. (laughs) Cool. Well, there you go. If you haven't been to Korean barbecue, that is next on the list. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now switching gears again, where did your fitness journey begin? Because obviously you took a big transition, but what initially sparked you to get into fitness and into like the figure competing? Yeah, so this is, is going to be a long story, right? <laughs> that is a okay. That's what we're here for. <laughs> all right, all right. So, I mean, I was I was an active kid um, growing up. You can find me playing sports with my friends, going on long adventure bike rides by myself. Love riding my bike. Um, I skateboarded. I did rollerblading. I joined possibly every sort of sports team that I could. I loved being active. Yeah, but. As I grew older, so basically kind of like from, I guess, like high school to my early 20s, I stopped being active. I was more into music. I was really into art. And that's when the party scene started popping up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So my priorities around this time changed because I I actually wanted to become a rock star. So I played guitar and sang backup vocals in a punk band for years. Um, we played shows all around the city, but it wasn't going anywhere. And really, I didn't want to be a starving artist for the rest of my life. So, but it was also around the same time um, that I gathered enough, uh, gathered up enough courage um, to leave an emotion, uh, emotionally abusive and toxic relationship with the first girlfriend I ever had. Mm-hmm. So I had always struggled with body dysmorphia, disordered eating, and I've always had low self-esteem from being bullied when I was younger for the way I looked. I was always more of a tomboy, never really the girl. Um, And after leaving my relationship, my self-confidence at this time was at an all-time low. So I wanted to do something for myself. And and back then I thought that in order for me to feel loved, accepted, wanted, I needed to shrink my body. So someone would be able to love me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and my ex had repeatedly told me that I would never find anyone else who'd love me. I'd be alone and unwanted for the rest of my life. And because of past trauma, I had already experienced from my childhood. So my dad committing suicide when I was eight, wow. my mom being an alcoholic, uh, and my own struggles with depression and suicide. I've always felt like I never was enough, you know? Um, And for once in my life, I just wanted to feel enough. I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel wanted. I want and and appreciated and all the things that kind of everyone wants. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, so I started running because that literally is the only thing I knew how to do at the time. Um, At first it was extremely hard. I couldn't run for longer than three minutes without getting tired and feeling like I was going to die, (laughs) you know? Um, but every week I would get better. You know, what seemed hard last week was now easy this week. It became sort of a game that I would play with myself. So like each week I'd try and push myself a little harder to see if I could beat what I ran last week. 
right? And even if it was only for a second, I was really happy. And that made me really start to enjoy running. It seemed like when I was running, all my problems would go away, you know? And, and I felt an overwhelming sense of freedom. And I really like that. The runner's and, Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally get that. Now, you, if I'm being honest, you wouldn't, you would not catch me running. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I kind of, uh, well, I'm getting back into running just a little bit now. Um, but yeah, I used to do the same. I used to run for hours and I could just pick up and go for 15 kilometers. And now it's like 20 minutes and I'm maxed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my girlfriend uh, tries to get me to go for runs with her all the time. And I'm like, nope, nope. Hate it. Don't like it. But we'll yeah. get into that. Um, so, so my friend Diana, um, at the time had these home workout videos called P90X. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah. Okay. So I was not confident to go to a huge gym, right? So I did them in my room and, um, back then I was living with my grandma. So she had a little, like the tiniest, tiniest gym, um, in her condo that no one was ever in. So I felt confident to go down there and use the dumbbells and stuff that they had to do with the videos because no one would see me. Right. Right. Um, this was actually my first introduction to strength training. And, um, after about a month of doing the videos, I started noticing as like a big change in myself. Mm -hmm. I was getting stronger and the stronger I got, the more confident within myself I got. Mm -hmm. And I was weighing myself at the time. Um, back then. And I was getting really confused because I couldn't really understand why the scale wasn't budging. Um, I thought, well, this is weird. I've been working out regularly for a while now. So why isn't anything happening? You know? Right. Um, but at the time it didn't really matter because of how I felt in my body. I felt mm -hmm. powerful. I felt strong. I felt really, really good, which is something that I hadn't really felt really in such a long time. Yeah. And so it was really nice. Like it was almost like a breath of fresh air. Um, and because of this sort of like newfound confidence in myself, I discovered how amazing strength training and fitness can be for not only your physical health, but your mental health. And to be honest, I, I wanted to share that with people. So I applied to school and then three years later, got an honors degree in fitness and lifestyle management and started working as a trainer. And to be honest, this is where my confidence and my issues with food and my body dysmorphia took a huge turn for the worse. Yeah. So um, I saw all the other trainers and I noticed that, wait a minute, I don't really look like them. You know, they were all really pretty. Long hair, six pack abs, small waist, big butt, big thighs, you know, and I wasn't even close to looking like anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so being a trainer, as you know, you're kind of told that your body is your business card. So yeah. I felt that if I was going to be successful in this newfound awesome career that I just picked for myself, mm -hmm. um, then I needed to look the part. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to get into bodybuilding and train uh, for a bikini competition. So I hired a coach because I had no idea what, what I was supposed to do, you know, yeah. um, and I started training. So uh, my first show, I made top five out of all the girls in my region, which was Toronto at the time. Um, and then the compliments and the praise started to flood in. Yeah. And for a person who has a history of past trauma and not feeling like they're enough, those compliments fed the fire 
to my disordered behaviors, you know, yeah. um, sucked right into a world kind of, uh, where people did whatever it took to win, yeah. whatever it took to be the biggest, but also the smallest at the same time, because in bodybuilding, yeah. You have to be huge, but you also have to be small. It's <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. It's like every, it's kind of contradicting in all of these, like you have to grow your muscle, but you have to be in a certain weight class. So right. I'm trying to get bigger, but I'm also trying to not gain weight. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I was, I was working out for like three or more hours a day eating the lowest calories possible, taking a bunch of bullshit supplements. Sorry. Am I allowed to swear in here? (laughs) (laughs) Slimming and detox teas, uh, diuretics. Um, I never did steroids because that was truly where I drew the line. I know was not going to inject myself or take any sort of steroid type medication um, mm-hmm. to change my body because that's just that's just a line that I will not cross. Yeah. Um, but I definitely knew people who did. Mm-hmm. I mean that that stuff is all over that world, you know, yeah. and especially when you're getting into that elite class where you go to the Arnolds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you're not taking steroids, you're you're not being in the top mm-hmm. for those kind of competitions, right? Um so my life revolved around shrinking my body. Um I did a year back-to-back bikini competitions. Um, then I transitioned into figure competitions because I liked the poses better. Um, they were less porn star and more sort of like masculine. Um, and bringing it back, I've always been more of a tomboy, so I, I don't really do sexy, if I'm being honest. Um, but that also meant that because I transferred from bikini to figure, that I needed to get bigger, a bigger butt bigger shoulders, bigger thighs, but smaller waist, more defined abs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I hated my life and it really damaged my relationship. I had zero desire to have sex anymore. I couldn't just have fun with my friends or my family because I was on such a rigid eating and exercise schedule. I wanted out. Mm-hmm. I wanted my old life back, but at the same time, I now have this identity as yeah. Lauren, the figure competitor. Everyone was so proud of me, my clients, my family, my friends, and I felt completely stuck. So I knew that if I was to stop, then I'd lose all that praise, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'd lose my identity. And I didn't know then who I was anymore without bodybuilding. Yeah. So so I kind of, I kept it up for another two, almost three years. Um, And throughout this time, my disordered eating had grown really into a full-blown binge eating disorder. Um, I was hiding food and binging in my car when no one would see me. Uh, Then I would rush home and take a detox tea to make sure I pooped it out all the next day. Mm. Um, Then I attached another hour of cardio onto my already two hours of cardio I had to do that day, plus my hour of strength workout to make up for what I deemed being bad behavior, Mm. right? Um, And this cycle sort of continued until my grandmother passed away. So Um, it was one of the most devastating periods of my life, but also one of the most eye-opening. Yeah. Um, it was almost like her death came a rebirth of myself. Like, like picture, like she, she attached her, her wings onto me and sort of like gave me room to fly, you know, and to fly away and to change my life. Um, so I was uh, extremely unhappy with my marriage and my life 
Um, and I knew that I needed to leave and start over. So that's what I did. So I gathered up the courage. I ended my marriage. Um, I moved to a new part of the city and started over from scratch. I had nothing. <laughs> um, I found out about intuitive eating and the body positive uh, health at every size movement online, like most of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was completely mind blown because here were these badass women, you know, just loving themselves no matter their size. Mm-hmm. And I was freaking so awesome. And I, I didn't, I like, I literally didn't know there were people who lived in the world like that, <laughs> that I've been like, it's, it's yeah. stupid to say, but like, I seriously just didn't know that yeah. this. You're so involved. Involved. Yeah. You're so Absolutely. engulfed in that world. It's hard to know anything outside of it. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So like I'd been stuck thinking you need to look, act and be a certain way my whole entire life. And here were these women just saying, screw that, you know, like I'm deserving of love, happiness, success, and anything like they damn well want in the body they have, you know, and Mm -hmm. they're not going to allow anyone to tell them anything different. And, and they're going to take up as much space in the world that they want. And if people don't like it, then that's their problem. Not their problem, you know, Mm -hmm. and needless to say, as you can sound, you can hear the excitement out of my voice. (laughs) I wanted that, you know, that spoke to me. Like, like I wanted that freedom of expression. I wanted that strength. I wanted to be free from all of the rules and and the guilt and, and the that just comes with stuff being in diet culture. So, so like I started doing a lot of research. I listened to podcasts. I read books upon books upon books. I studied like the ins and outs of this stuff because I was so interested. It like completely blew my mind, like I said, right? Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of like my my background. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's a, I mean, obviously I knew a little bit about your story, but I definitely didn't know that much. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster with the uh, transition into like becoming a trainer and everything, I think that's super relevant because people don't realize that personal trainers are not immune to feeling those, like those same comparisons. And uh, it's such a big, there's a lot of pressure in that industry because like you said, people do look at you and they say, well, I'm not going to work with you if I don't want to look like you. I've had clients tell me that when I was like, and they don't tell me that anymore because we don't talk about bodies and stuff like that. And with my clients, you know, we know not, not to judge other people's bodies and all that kind of stuff. But before, like when I was training people for weight loss back in the day, um, when I was bodybuilding, um, yeah, my clients would tell me all the time. They're like, if you didn't look like you, I wouldn't train with you. Like if, I need, I only want a trainer who looks fit. So feeding yeah. into that notion that, that fit has a look, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, completely. I, and I experienced the same thing too. I don't really get it so much now again, because I have shifted so much, but when I was working in a corporate setting gym, I had people tell me that like, oh yeah, I want to train with you because you are skinny or but then I also got it the other way where it was like I gained some weight and then people were like oh yeah I want to train with you now because you look better now 
And I'm like, well, what the heck? Like I'm the same person. I'm doing the same thing. I just started eating a little bit more food. Like there's no difference in how I'm training you or what we're doing. And like, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. And yes, to a certain extent, you want a trainer who takes care of themselves. Like Mm -hmm. if you are going to, like if you're coming to myself or to you, for help, you want to know that this person has knowledge and has the tools that you need to get to where you want to be, whether that's like just general health, whether you just want to learn how to move, but that has nothing to do with what I look like. It has everything to do with like how I treat myself and how I treat my body and what I like, do I move regularly? Do I nourish my body properly? Like that and again that doesn't mean I have to go to the extremes of cutting all of the calories or being as small as possible but there obviously is that importance of like I'm fueling my body with food that's going to make me feel good and move good and do all those things so when you transitioned like obviously you said um the all the research and all the diving in and this excitement was it just a cold cut like I'm done with bodybuilding with all of that and now I'm all in on this other part or were there times where you kept trying like not trying kept um I guess feeling that pressure still to go back to how you were or was that a pretty clear like nope this is what I'm doing uh great question and and it's a mixture yeah and so so I'll tell you a little bit a bit more about that so so it wasn't an easy transition. I'll tell you right now, right? I had been stuck in, I had been a bodybuilder for the past, um, like four, almost five years of my life, you know? Um, so there was a lot of scarcity around it. Um, cause I've been restricting myself for so long. Um, my, my body spent over a year going through what's known as what's called like the free refeeding phase. So yeah. this is a phase where you give yourself unconditional permission to eat all types of foods with a, uh, with free from guilt or shame. Okay. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, I ate a lot of food. It yeah. was like I was a garbage disposal with no off switch. So <laughs> this was extremely scary because I was eating all the foods that were once off limits and had been off limits for years. And this is a common experience, uh, intuitive eaters like newbie intuitive eaters have. Um, um, and I was eating portions of foods also that were probably, and I kid you not good for two adults and a child. Yeah. Just like people would tell, like, uh, when I met my girlfriend, cause I met her while I was doing this and she would, um, she would, she would always say like, I don't understand how it's humanly possible for you to eat that much, this much. And I've always, and I told her, I'm like, I'm like, I need to, you yeah, know, and your body was deprived um, for so exactly, long. So. Exactly. Like she yeah. was she, <laughs> our first date, <laughs> our first date, I, I went to the keg and I had my meal plus the leftover of her meal. <laughs> two appetizers but but anyway um so yeah so I feared I feared that I would gain weight um and at first because that's like a valid fear you know um I had been in a smaller 
I guess, ripped is what you'd call it, sort of yeah. body for years, you know, so that fear was there. Um, and at first I wasn't gaining any weight. Um, but after a year of free feeding, my body started, did start to change. I no longer had the ripped body I had for the past four years, you know, I was thicker, I was fluffier. Um, my clothes no longer fit and the compliments and the praise that people feed off of when they diet, um, of how good they look, they stopped coming. No one, no one said anything, you know? So that, that was in, in itself a little bit of grief that I had to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of shame around this time. Um, I dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome again, okay. um, especially around not feeling good enough to be a trainer anymore, mm-hmm. not, not feeling like I looked the part anymore. So how dare I be able to continue coaching someone, not realizing that my knowledge and how awesome of a coach I am, because hashtag I'm, I'm awesome. <laughs> you know? um, I say that to my husband all the time. I'm like, I'm awesome. Like, I'm so good at what I do. <laughs> um, that never changed, you know? But I mean, again, like I said, you are told as a trainer, your body is your business card. And I felt yeah. like my body was no longer my business card. Mm-hmm. But, um, and around this time, like this, in, like intuitive eating and stuff has has exploded over the past year, especially over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But around this time, there was no Facebook groups or communities to turn to. Um, right. So I felt I felt very alone yeah. um, on this journey because I had no support. It was just me. I had no one to turn to when I was having like let's say a really really bad body image day. Um, mm-hmm. No one understood what I was doing and why I was doing it. Yeah. Um, Sure, there was people who like followed on Instagram, but there's no real community like there are now, which is which sucked if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, so this time was really hard for me, but I always brought it back to my why, and this is something that I always tell my clients to do: always bring in, no matter what you're going through, you always got to bring it back to your why, you know. Yeah, um, so the reason why I started like this journey in the first place, um, I had been tied down by society's rules of what wom- a woman should look like for so long, been restricting and dieting and binge eating, um, over-exercising for so long that I needed to take my life back, you know, and I need to take back the life that years of diet culture, diet culture's like bullshit has completely stolen from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept going with it. And then, uh, my body, my body finally reached kind of what's known as, uh, your set point weight. So yeah. it's a weight where your body trusts you, uh, you feel strong, you feel energized, you feel healthy physically, but also mentally. And your body is actually functioning at optimal level. It loves you being here. <laughs> um, and I haven't weighed myself, uh, in years, so I don't know the exact number. Um, but I didn't need to know then, and I don't need to know now, um, because I'm happier I'm more confident than I have possibly ever been. Um, My brain space cleared right up. Um, And with that newfound clear mind, you know, clear brain, I was actually able to build a six-figure business in a year and a half of leaving my wife and starting from scratch. Uh, I was able to find and meet someone who I absolutely love and adore with every fiber of my being, my girlfriend now, Leah. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually able to be a good girlfriend who listens and is actually there instead yeah. of my mind being so boggled up with how I look and food rules and all this kind of crap, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm able to be an amazing coach to my clients and offer them a service that is completely out of this world because I'm there I'm listening, you know, I'm there yeah. for them. Um, I'm, I'm able to be an amazing aunt 
to all my nephews and nieces, you know? So like intuitive eating and ditching diet culture and undieting, it, it really is more than just releasing food rules. It, it gives you the tools and the, the space that helps you with all aspects of your life, not, not just the food. So it's, it's a way of, it's a way of life that offers you the freedom, the physical and mental space and clarity to, to live a life that you choose, that you deserve, that you've always wanted, but because of society's BS and unrealistic sort of rules and expectations, never could. And that, that to me is, is really what makes this work so powerful and is why I'm so personally passionate about helping women um, through their undieting journey and achieving wellness without the obsession, because I really want them to stop letting their weight and their body size and the way they look control how they choose to show up in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I love that holistic point of view. And that's something that I try to bring in as much as possible whenever somebody is complaining that they aren't, quote unquote, seeing the results that they want to be seen. And I'm like, well, hey, but look at all these other things. Like you were able to have that pizza last night without feeling guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Or you were able to lift more in the gym this week, or you were able to like go on this vacation and just have fun and not feel like now you're off track. Quote yeah. Like, yeah. There is, I, the biggest thing that I tell to any of my clients is like, there is no such thing as like getting back on track. It's just you just keep going. Like that's just yeah. like, yeah. there's no on or off the track. It's just, yeah. you just go <laughs> and whatever happens happens and that's okay. Like it's not a bad thing to eat the food that we know isn't nourishing. Like I don't say your food is good or bad. I just say like this food is probably a little bit more nourishing for my body. And this food is more nourishing for my soul. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They're both good. I need them both because my soul needs to be nourished too. Uh, and sometimes like that, that, I think that's the biggest thing. And probably what you tell your clients too, from what I understand is like, it's not so much about, is this food going to make me skinny or fat? It's about, is this food going to make me feel good? Right. Yes, now? exactly. Like, and yep. sometimes, like we've said before, like sometimes eating the ice cream cone or the brownie or the pizza or the Korean barbecue ribs or like whatever, like is what you need to feel good. Exactly. I was like, sometimes those are going to make me feel great. And yeah. then other times I know that it's probably not going to make me feel good in the moment because I ate something else recently. And I know like yeah. if I have too much of that, I'm genuinely not going to feel good. Like my stomach's yeah. going to be off. I'm going to feel sluggish. I'm not going to have that proper energy. So as soon as you can switch that mindset from not just like how many calories are in this food, but like, what does this food actually do for me? Then that's where you can gain a little bit more freedom of like, I can eat whatever I want and that's okay. It's just figuring out like, how do I actually get in tune with what my body needs in the moment? And that intuitive eating is, it's so interesting to me because when in our life did that change? Because when we were children, we just ate. Yeah. Like, we were all born intuitive eaters. And that's something exactly. that, uh, that I, I always tell, always tell my clients. You know, and there, 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 what there is, is a time, like a time in your life and it's everyone's time in their life is different. 
you know, um, we're, that gets thrown out of the window. You no longer trust yourself for, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's society's fault. It's diet culture's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's all these, like I say, unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's sad. Yeah, it is. And the expectations it's like, yeah, because it's, it's 2021. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. And it's it, like that same expectations. Like I'm sure you've seen the memes on social media and stuff about like what was deemed beautiful in every decade is different. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even 10 years ago, it used to be like super duper skinny legs and the thigh gap. And it was heroin yeah. And yeah. And now it's like thunder thighs and big butts like that. But small ways somehow. Small ways, yeah. <laughs> somehow you gotta have both. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like those two things are polar opposites and only 10 years apart. That one was in style 10 years ago. And now this is in style 10 years. Yep. Later. So it's like, how do you cannot keep up with it so like no. why bother trying <laughs> yeah and like and like really like who's making these rules yeah you, you know? like who's sitting there being like all right all right guys it's I think it's time to change what we expect women to look like yeah. starting tomorrow yeah. yeah yeah what we said what we said last week and for the past 10 years we're going to change that yeah well it's whoever is in charge I'm sure like whoever is the head of the biggest fashion department. Yeah, that's true. If her body looks a certain way, she's like, this is going to be what's in style because that's what I look like. But like, again, like you said, the next person is going to come along and be like, well, actually I don't look like that. So now we're going to put me in style. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's so twisted. It doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. But yeah, I mean, you can go on a whole tangent on that. So to go along with your intuitive eating though, and this is what I kind of wanted to ask you about too, because I know you're very passionate about this, um, is the intuitive movement part of things. So everyone has heard of intuitive eating or eating like food freedom, but we don't necessarily hear about the other side of things, which is the intuitive movement. So do you want to just dive into that and how you kind of started that method? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So um, I've been I've been working in the fitness industry for over 11 years now, um, mm-hmm. and I've really seen the same patterns pop up over and over again. Um, women think they need to lose weight, so they start a diet and exercise program. Uh, they can follow it for like a little bit, but then life happens, as you know, things pop up, and mm-hmm. they're, they're throwing off the wagon. Remember that wagon we were just talking about? <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> um, so when this happens... Uh, they end up skipping one workout, sipping on their diet, um, and then bam, like, because they couldn't do it perfect. They couldn't be perfect at it. You know, they say to themselves, well, what's the point of even trying if I can't do things perfectly. So mm-hmm. they quit follow the wagon until a couple months or a year goes by same cycle repeats itself over and over and, and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and intuitive movement and intuitive lifestyle, uh, removes all the guilt the shame, the scale numbers, and the constant need to be perfect. So mm-hmm. by doing this, it removes the wagon that women keep falling off of, and then yeah. thus creates more sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it says perfection doesn't exist. Um, it takes the focus off of how your body looks and puts the focus on um, what your body can do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and normal exercise programs are like super rigid. They're structured. Um, the diet culture, as you know, likes to preach like this, no excuses, sort of go hard, go home mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but intuitive movement, um, has structure because structure and routine is definitely needed as you know. Um, but it also says like, okay, so you're not feeling too hot today. You plan to do an hour strength training, but how about you choose something that will allow you to still move your body, but move it in a way that feels good to you right now. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely tell my clients sometimes too, because they, like, I do have a structured program and I do say like, Hey, here are your workouts for this day. But I never, ever shame them if they didn't do it because exactly. if somebody tells me and they said like, Hey, I, I didn't do the workout today because I was too tired or I like whatever reason I'm like, that's fine because, and, or they say like, Oh, I just went for a walk instead. I'm like, great. Like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> you moved your body and you're moving on and you're still like showing your body appreciation for what it's supposed to be doing. Like we are mm-hmm. built to move. So I do think that movement is important, but again, like, and even for myself, like some days I'm supposed to do according to my plan that I've created, I'm supposed to do this workout and my body's like, mm, nope, <laughs> we're very sore. We're tired. We're going to sleep an hour instead of going and getting right. to the gym before my appointment or whatever it is. So yeah, that's a, it's interesting too, because again, same thing. Like when did we decide that you have to be in this super rigid structure and realistically the only time you have to be in that rigid of a structure is if you're bodybuilding and or an athlete of some yeah some sort you know if if yeah. your if your career is a if you're a soccer athlete let's say or whatever just bring up soccer I don't know why but, <laughs> but anyway like you know if like if that's your career then yeah you do have to be rigid rigid yeah. because your coach is counting on you your team is counting on you mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's your life. That's how you make the dollar dollar bills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like most of us, we don't make money from being the best soccer player or being the best bodybuilder. So if you're in that situation, then yes, you do need to do that. Like you need to be more extreme because that's literally what your livelihood is. And like, that's what you've chosen but for like the general population, if you're moving your body and fueling your body with foods that you know are going to make you feel good, that's really all you need. And that it, it, people overcomplicate it and then they start doing the keto and they start doing the intermittent fasting and all these things. And I'm like, you know what? None of those matter. <laughs> if you feel good doing that, power to you. Like if that's what genuinely makes you feel good, then do whatever it is that's going to make you feel good. But if you feel restricted, if you feel like you're not going to last on this for more than three months, if you're not going to like sustain this for a long term, then why are you doing it now? Because they want quick results. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure you say the same thing. Anyone who comes to you, like if you're looking for a quick fix, go somewhere else. (laughs) Because that's not what I do. And that's not what I believe in. And that's, yeah, that's just a whole different industry. So for somebody who is listening right now and they're feeling guilty about the way that they're moving their body or eating, what is like the number one thing that you would say to them to start doing or stop doing or like the first step? 
Um, so it's kind of like the same thing I, I tell all my clients. So any movement is better than no movement, even though sometimes no movement is what your body needs. So don't take that as if I'm not moving my body, then I'm bad, right? Because sometimes your body does need rest and rest is important. But um, there is no right or wrong way uh, to move your body. Like, don't worry about what like Amy over there is doing. Don't worry about what Jesse's doing. Just focus on yourself. Yeah. Um, and don't choose the type of movement you think you have to do because it burns the most amount of calories. Yeah. Choose movement actually like doing. So like if you hate running like me now, I know I said I, I started off my fitness journey with running. Don't like it now. Won't do it. <laughs> or like hit cardio workouts, you know, don't do it. Like if you have no idea what you do like, then try a bunch of different things so you could figure it out. Yeah. And just because you tried something and didn't like it, that's fine. That doesn't mean that you're a quitter. Just literally means you didn't like it. That type of movement isn't for you. Therefore, you're going to try something else to figure out what it is you do like. Okay. Um, also, you're allowed to switch up uh, the way you move your body throughout your entire life, throughout your entire fitness journey, throughout any time you want to. Okay. So there's no, no rule that says if you start, for instance, I'm being on strength training, I'll always do it. I love it. So whatever. I'm going to be doing it when I'm 99. But um, let's say if you start off doing strength training, you like it for a little bit, then all of a sudden that movement stops feeling good to you for whatever reason, you're allowed to switch it. Yeah. To go do something else. You're allowed to take a complete break. You could take a month break. You could take a week break. You could take a couple of days break, you know, mm -hmm. like do whatever you need to do to keep your body moving in some shape, way, shape or form. The whole key thing here is to just move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Biggest key point takeaway here, move your body and fuel your body with what makes you feel good. <laughs> that, like if we could sum up that whole conversation, I think those are the two biggest points. And unfortunately it takes a lot of people a long time to get to that realization. So if you're just starting out or if you have been at this for a long time, take our advice and just do it, like do whatever, again, is going to make you feel good in the moment. Because like Lorraine said, there is no right or wrong way to go about that. The biggest thing is just starting, just doing something. Exactly. So. Exactly. Everyone has to start somewhere, you know, don't feel guilty if all you could do right now is five minutes because mm -hmm. eventually they'll build. Yeah. Next week yeah. it might be six. Following week it might be 10. It's okay. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you again for joining us. If anyone wants to kind of check out uh, more of what you do or connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, Instagram. I'm an Instagram hoe right now. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you could just uh, search me on Instagram. So it's Instagram at Lauren Kolchesky. Um, that would be in the show notes, I'm sure, because <laughs> if I spell it out for you, you're going to be like, Lauren, what? what yeah. now call Zicky. So, so Katie will drop that in the show notes. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, yes. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, if you think it'll be valuable for somebody else to hear, uh, send them the link so they can listen as well, or put it up on your social media and tag us both. Uh, so we can show you some love as well. And yeah, other than that, we will catch you all next week. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Katie.